Welcome to The Edge Conversations, a podcast series produced by the Institute for Molecular Bioscience at the University of Queensland. Each episode is a deep dive into the often lifelong journeys and struggles of people with infection, pain, and other chronic illnesses, as well as the people who research them. The Edge Conversations, personal and inspiring stories fueling IMB's pursuit of cutting-edge research. Today we are talking to Professor John Maddock AO and Emeritus Professor Peter Andrews AO. Together they became a force for change and reset the playing field for bioscience investigation as co-founders of UQ's Institute for Molecular Bioscience. This episode is a story of dedication and what can be achieved when passion and smarts collide. John and Peter, thank you very much for your time today. It's a pleasure, Janine. Yes, thank you, Janine. First up, I would love to hear the story about how the IMB came to be. I am hesitant to call it your baby, but let's face it, it kind of is. Who'd like to go first? Uh, that sounds like my line, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but John can correct me where I make stuff up. Um, <laughs> Back in the 1990s, my centre, the 3D centre, had an annual retreat at Noosa. Uh, and in 1995, John Maddock was our guest speaker and our guest drinker. Um, over two or three bottles of red wine, <laughs> I can see Jim laughing, plus a cigar or two after dinner, um, John and I hatched a plot to put our two centres together combining chemistry and biology and computing with the goal of addressing major challenges. So you were both separately running your own research centres at UQ? Yes, and in fact, um, uh, they had a slightly different origin, but um, I I joined UQ to establish a centre in what was then called Molecular Biology and Biotechnology because UQ wanted to develop that. And um, separately, Peter had established one at Bond University, but because of circumstances that changed there, that then relocated to Queensland. And we were, we were physically located in somewhat temporary laboratories, but well fitted out uh, in Research Road opposite each other. Both centres grew very quickly and well because we recruited really gifted people, I think attracted by the vision that we'd set out for the molecular um, like cell biology on the one hand and drug design and development with Peter on the other. But Peter and I, and the, what led up to that fateful conversation at Noosa was that we both realised our centres were relatively fragile. They had little security and all of our staff were self-funded on fellowships and grants. And we were worried about that. And But then we realised that if we put the two centres together, not only would they have much greater strength and a much stronger case for the university to capture and consolidate them in an institute, but also that their work and um, and cultures were really complementary. So it was a natural fit. Um, so it didn't take, you know, too much red wine to arrive at the conclusion that it would, would be a great idea. Once, once you had secured funding for the, this first part of the um, institute, you then somehow combined forces with CSIRO. Would you like to tell me about that? Yeah, Peter, if I may. Um, uh, I, <laughs> it was um, a bit of self-interest, really, in more than one way, because one of the questions was, where might you put such an institute? And I had my eagle eye on the 
rather run-down stretch of uh, land on Carmody Road as you come up to UQ where CSRO's old buildings were. And I knew that CSRO was really desperately keen to uh, renew and rebuild the divisions that occupied that site. So we uh, contacted CSRO and asked them if they might like to consider joining us in an enterprise because the, the animal and plant divisions that were based there, and also a long pocket, I should say, um, were very complementary to what we were doing and were going to do in IMB, and uh, CSRO agreed. So that doubled the size of the development and added a lot more because you can you can build a lot more with double the money because we we had joint reception areas and uh, delivery docks and bioinformatic facilities and all sorts of things where we combined our, our um, resources. It was just terrific. And so that what you see on Carmody Road in the Queensland Bioscience Precinct so cool because nobody could think of a better name. Um, it's the combined CSRO IMB building, which is fabulous. A fantastic facility indeed. And so, Peter, where you've, you've combined these two entities, well, it's actually the combination of three entities at this point, um, you've got this fantastic precinct. What what does that mean for the IMB as such? What, what, have, you, what have you actually done at this stage? Well, uh, the answer to that really goes back to the origins of IMB, and uh, and that was really John going and talking to Peter Beattie and his cabinet colleagues, and uh, convincing them that what Queensland needed was a transition from rocks and crops to a more knowledge-intensive economy. So, effectively, by pulling all of that together, we were doing what. Beatty was expecting. First of all, well, the, the logo at the time was from bricks to brains to business. And the bricks to brains bit was what really we did first. And then some 30 or 40 other institutes joined, uh, were also funded around Queensland. There were 60,000 new jobs in Queensland, so 10,000 of them researchers. More researchers per capita in Queensland than any other state of Australia. So the, the bricks to brains component was uh, really important. And then the next phase of the operation was uh, the transition from uh, brains to business as well. And on the way, by the way, there was clearly a major impact on the bedside in terms of health for Queensland. So bricks to brains, to bedside, to business. Yeah, I'd just add to what Peter said to, to say that what Peter's centre was terrific at and, and continued to be so as it uh, uh, melded into IMB was um, developing an uh, understanding of protein structure and, and chemistry, uh, not only to develop new drugs, but in a very entrepreneurial way. Whereas the centre that I'd led was coming more from the academic end. And I have to say, because it was still fairly early days in the evolution of molecular biology, people, you know, it was before the Human Genome Project and all of the high-throughput technologies we now have. So it was much more investigative. But the combination of the biology and the cultures, the, the, the academic research and entrepreneurial cultures, was really at the heart of IMB's uh, whole ethos. And uh, that was the other great thing that, the two centres brought together. So you created this incredible uh, space, I guess, of energy for people to work and discover and, you know, find solutions for big, big problems. But you had a very novel way of kicking all of that off by the offering of, I guess, pockets of money to 
your staff? How, how did you go about that and whose idea was it? I think it was probably a joint idea, wasn't it, John? I remember. <laughs> it might have been. I can't remember it either. Red wine, wasn't it? <laughs> Basically what we did was say to two groups of people that were very happy just doing their own thing and not anywhere near as enamoured of the idea of collaborating as John and I were, uh, that we would encourage them along the, the path to righteousness by giving them uh, grants of $100,000 for whoever came up with the best ideas for projects that integrated the two centres, and they did. Uh, I think we probably did the whole the whole 10 grants, and uh, those things are still part of the, the collaborative ethos of the Institute today. Yeah, and I think it was also helped by the fact that we then ran not separate uh, retreats at Noosa or wherever we went, but joint retreats. So we 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 talked science and, and looked at the intersections of what we did and how they could be developed, but also developed the relationships that really underpin a strong culture in, in any in, you know organisation. So you you've created this incredible um, atmosphere, I guess, environment in which people can thrive and you know go about doing their jobs, and. John, you have a great analogy for what that is and what it does in that space. Would you like to explain that to us? Yes, of course. Look, um, these the people we had in our centres and in the IMB are truly gifted. I mean, they're driven individuals. They're 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 smart. They're technologically savvy, and in every respect, they're at the front of the bus intellectually and technically, and they can see the opportunities that are coming up before anybody else can. And uh, they are also in a position to, to chase those opportunities in translation, which we encourage very much. And that was very much part of the ethos of Peter's Centre. So we're not only doing great science, but have people that can really pursue the practical opportunities. Uh, and we, we encourage, and I think both Peter and I agree, that the best way to do that is through startup companies because that harnesses all of the energies of, of the individuals concerned and they know their fields better than anybody else. Perhaps, uh, Janine, I can give you a couple of examples of that, um, of startup companies, that is, uh, that have come out of IMB. Um, the first one, Protagonist, uh, it's a, a peptide hormone mimicking company that was co-founded by Mark Smythe. That's now listed on NASDAQ and it's got a market cap of 1.6 billion US dollars. So it's, uh, it's big. Um, Matt Cooper, uh, another IMB person, and his colleagues uh, three or four years ago designed a really quite remarkable drug that hits the most prospective target for Alzheimer's uh, and other uh, neuro and other inflammatory uh, conditions. Um, his company, Influzome, was uh, acquired by Roche uh, last year um, for 350 million euros plus uh, milestone payments. And then the latest one, uh, really exciting, uh, the most recent uh, spin-out, Infenza, co-founded by Glenn King, is developing a peptide from funnel-web spider venom to treat heart attacks and stroke. I mean, these are pretty extraordinary achievements of that bit that we promised Beatty so long ago of uh, translating it from bricks to brains to business and changing the economy in the process. And what does 
What does it mean to scientific research that it is able to evolve into, you know, the, the I guess, take that leap into commerce and the business world? What, what does it mean for research and science in general in Australia when you are having those types of in- outcomes? Look, Peter and I both agree that um, the responsibility of scientists is to return value to the people that fund them. Uh, for the taxpayers through the granting systems and the, and the people who are kind enough to make donations to institutes like IMB. So it's not just a matter of the satisfaction of knowledge generation, it's the satisfaction of returning value and seeing practical outcomes. And it's, it's also great personal satisfaction too, I have to say. So that's the way I think we see it philosophically, that the responsibility of institutes like IMB, which IMB does brilliantly, is to generate knowledge and to push that knowledge out the door into, into practical applications. And does this, uh, Peter, help with attracting talent? Well, uh, the opportunity to do exactly what John just said, to, to make a difference, uh, is obviously hugely attractive to people who want to do research. And, uh, you know, we've seen it not just at IMB, but... Uh, throughout Queensland in the smart state. John, do you think then that really IMB is more legacy than institute as such? Well, no, it's both. It is a fabulous institute. It's it's one of the best institutes in the country and the world. There's no question. But, yes, it's also the legacy that I think that Peter and I really are most pleased with is the fact that it it set um, the model and the exemplar for uh, other institutes in Queensland and for Queensland to become a real powerhouse in in the knowledge economy, uh, which is where the big gains are to be made. Peter, if you could pick a favourite moment from your time at IMB or something that has happened at IMB since you have uh, moved away from the institute, what would that be? I'm going to pinch a line that John used, rising stars, watching people come from nothing up to huge uh, success in one way or another. And I want to tell you about three of them. David Craig. I first knew David when he was cooking Kentucky Fried Chicken. Now he's a fellow of the Royal Society, Society, along with Isaac Newton and uh, Charles Darwin and people like that. Um, Mark Smyers started as a graduate student in my lab back in the 1980s. Now he's the founder of a billion-dollar company. And the one that I really love, Kate Schroeder, was at school with my youngest daughter. Now she's a full professor at IMB, and I reckon that's fantastic. My favourite memories are similar to Peter's, I think, being able to identify gifted emerging young scientists at early stage in their career, because we, we didn't have much money to play with, so we had to be very smart, and see them blossom. And many of them, like David Craig and uh, fellows at the Academy of Science and so forth, they've gone on to great things. That's, uh, that's one, I think, my most cherished memory. I also, I have to say that uh, I was lucky to meet Peter because um, Peter has been a wonderful partner and, and we wouldn't have done it without each other, but 
to have um, our ambitions subsumed to the greater good of the people that we had attracted uh, and see that come to fruition is just fabulous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's a fabulous place to leave it. Thank you very much for your time today, uh, Peter and John. It was a fascinating chat. Thank you, Janet. Thanks for listening to The Edge Conversations. For more information on the Institute for Molecular Bioscience at the University of Queensland, visit their website, imb.uq.edu.au.